Hey, what's going on, Clover people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast, just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks who bring you locked on Clippers. And today we're talking Summer League. Oh, uh, the man. The Clippers rookies played their first game in what was a very rough start. Uh, they were actually able to kind of put things together and, and turn this one into a game there at the end. It got a little exciting. Absolutely. Uh, they didn't end up falling to the Bucks, but we're going to talk about what we liked from that one as well as what we didn't like. We'll try to give you a little bit of an early preview uh, to the Summer League game against the Blazers, which is going down the day that you're listening to this. First back-to-back for the Clippers, already That's in the books. Unbelievable. Makes no sense. Just glad we're getting it out of the way right now. You know? Yeah, it's, right. It, it's a good time. Uh, and then... It's my favorite day of the week. It's Twitter Tuesday. Every single Monday, we ask for your questions on Twitter. That's at Locked on Clips. Want to thank everybody who sent those in ahead of time. Can't wait to get into that. We're going to talk about the roster situation. We're going to talk about some possible trade targets, all sorts of stuff. Uh, and then in shavings, there's a very funny old Spurs commercial that's popped up with Kawhi playing a Duran Duran cover. We love it. You know the show. You know we got to talk stuff like that. Uh, and then... Charles and I both kind of have a gripe with maybe overhyping some performances in pro ams. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to talk about that as well. Also very on brand for the show. If for whatever reason you're a new listener, if this is the first time that you ever checked out the show after a great summer league performance, Hey, welcome. Just oh, want to yeah. say this show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so the Clippers fell to the Bucks in their first summer league game. We're also going to be doing a bit of a preview. Damn for shame. The- Brutal. They fought hard, which is great, which we're going to talk about. Um, but of course, they play the Blazers the day you're listening to this. We might not watch that game. Um I just don't understand how the Clippers already have a back-to-back. We've got the Paul George shade from the NBA officials Twitter account. The Clippers already have a back-to-back to open the pre-preseason, technically. Um, not feeling good. It's also nice to see that the Summer League also is not, not going to start anywhere near the broadcast time. I believe this game tipped off a good 25 minutes after six. But what we, we liked, got spoiled. We got spoiled with Olympic basketball starting on time. We did. What we liked in this one and what the biggest takeaway should be is that uh, Jay Scrub absolutely looks ready um, to play some ball at a higher level offensively for sure yes offensively he had 24 and 9 um i mean just all three levels it was mid-range it was right at the rim it was from deep it was fantastic to see um maybe in the second game like we we knew he could score right like that's jay scrubs thing like Mm -hmm. he's a scorer um there were some interesting decisions made maybe you know taking some long twos as opposed to some passes but that's going to be something i'm kind of looking for in the game against portland yeah, that and just tightening up the turnovers, you know, zero assists, right. four turnovers. It ain't great. Uh, <laughs> and despite scoring, like, you know, his on-off numbers would suggest that it wasn't maybe the most positive contribution. But, you know, there's a lot of factors to plus minus. We don't put everything to that. Uh, but overall, I thought a great offensive performance from Jay Scrub. Yeah. Um, he did hit two of six of his shots from deep, um, which I, is really, really solid. Should have taken him. the last shot, too. Clippers lost 81 Honestly, 78, and he didn't honestly, get the last look. Honestly, probably should have had the ball in his hands to uh, tie up the game there at the end, uh, just with how hot he was. But overall, I mean, a great performance from him. Another guy who I kind of wasn't expecting to have as good of a performance as he did was Brandon Boston Jr. 
Dude, yes. He moved very well on defense. We talked about that last episode, kind of wanting the things that these guys were good at in college. He's got a big frame. He's (laughs) a big dude. So I will also put this note on here that every single player on the Clippers summer league roster needs to gain weight. That is not hyperbole. Every single one of them needs to put on like at least 10 pounds. Brandon Boston Jr. Hit a couple of corner threes. Like, Take this momentum into game two. Like he handle looked good. Like he didn't finish well at the rim, but you know, I don't know. He, he looked better than I thought he would. He was huge in this comeback too. I mean, the Clippers went, they were down 18 points with seven minutes left in the third. They really had to get a rally. And Brandon Boston Jr. Was a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw a beautiful assist to Boston from Keon Johnson on a hard drive, which was a highlight for me of the entire game. Brandon had Uh, a Boston also had a putback dunk. And then like the next possession played some really good defense to just like make it difficult for the shooter. Like love it. Hope we see more of it in game two. For sure. Another guy who's got to tighten up the turnovers. Um, and I also thought at times he was maybe a little selfish with the ball. Um, certainly calling for the shot, uh, right. which, you know, you, you know, it, it makes sense. Um, but it's, it, it's one of those things where I'm probably being overly critical because my, yeah. you know, if you, if you listen to the show, my big kind of knock or not even knock, but question about Brandon Boston Jr. Is like, does he have the maturity uh, and like, is he able to get past the ego to, to do what it takes to succeed at this next level? Um, yeah. which of course you have to have confidence in yourself, of course, but in summer league, and especially if you end up getting a shot with this team, it's going to be about making your teammate shine. Like, I mean, I think he's going to have a shot either way. He's got that guaranteed contract for two years. So it's true. Yeah. 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 That is, it'll be, but anyway, yeah. Love it from Brandon Boston. But a cool. shot is different than playing time. Right. Very good call. And uh, this is, I don't mean this disrespectfully. Whoever Kerwin Roach is, want to see more of him in the second game. Kerwin Roach was the man in this game. <laughs> um, that was great to see. Isaiah Hicks looked ready to play. We're going to talk about him and Otru kind of weirdly have a battle going on. And then another guy who checked the, did you do this well in college and did it translate well in your first summer league game was uh, uh, Jason, Jason Preston's Preston. passing ability. Yeah, so the IQ was on full display, um, you know, which which we talked about in sort of our, our preview wanting to see. I, I mean, I think it's clear it's translating at the next level. He had eight assists, only a single turnover. Um, you know, from a scoring perspective, uh, I think that he could have maybe been too unselfish uh he only attempted four field goal attempts which i'm not mad at i think especially if you know we we need that sort of high level playmaking i mean a couple other guys had three assists but other than that you know no one was like really touching what he was able to do as a facilitator yeah uh, out there on the floor so i i think it's great i mean we it's it's what we knew about him coming in i thought that um you know from from what i saw and this wasn't like a, a deep dissection I thought that he looked pretty decent as an on-ball defender. You haven't rewatched uh, the game yet, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> no, I haven't run back all the film yet. But I, I like I thought that he looked like a decent on-ball defender um, at, at the point of attack. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but it's certainly been something that's like been ingrained in all these guys throughout summer league. Which you know, it's it's clear. Like if you're gonna find, as we keep talking about this, like if you're gonna find a lane to to make like to crack the rotation on this team it's like very clear what your role needs to be yeah uh, and i think that it's great that they are emphasizing that through this summer league what i want to see more from him in the game against portland is basically anything more in terms of shooting like there, i want to also point out that the bucks lineups in these games were gigantic compared to the clippers like the bucks had 
just way bigger dudes. There were some was, major deflections, yeah. Yes, and that was an issue with um, Preston. He's not big enough to really move any of those guys out of the way at point of attack when he's like on offense. So I hope we get to see more pick and rolls called for him. He had some really nice pocket passes. Um, it's also cool. like, I mean, look, he he went 0 for 3 from 3, which, you know, he only, like I said, he only took four field goal attempts. Right. So he made his one from two-point range. And 0 for 3, like, look, I, I'm not going to stress on that too much. It's it's one game. Um, and yeah. even and it's like his three first field goal NBA attempts. game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even three field goal attempts to me, that's like not a large enough sample size. But I'm with you. Like, I think that he could be a little bit more aggressive. Um, and, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he finds the shot. Speaking of find the shot uh should we move into what we didn't like or yeah no that works uh, i i was disappointed that keon johnson was not able to find any form of efficiency once again yeah. this isn't an indictment on him as a player or not his future yeah. this is one game one sample size i mean he was four of 16 from the floor including zero of five from three had a six steal and dunk he did he did yeah and like i mentioned earlier he did have that great assist uh, to Brandon Boston Jr. So that was great to see. Uh, look, uh, it's also nice to see that he, you know, was given the ball for the last shot in the game that like, sure. even even yeah. though he was 0 for 4 from 3 at that point, it's nice to see the staff, like the coaching staff have confidence in him. I think that's yeah. great. I think that's great for his development. Um, but, it, you know, from what we've seen so far, once again, this is not a permanent indictment on the man, but uh, so so far he has not developed that three-level scoring that he said that he was, you know, that was his uh, s- sort of what he was keen in to work on uh, through this summer league and offseason. Hopefully he can take some notes from Jay Scrub on that. Um, first half, Daniel Ochuru was really bad. Yeah. Just looked lost, but the second half was great. Had a really great sequence late in the fourth. He cleaned up a miss and then had a block um on the other end which was cool he worked hard on the offensive boards like he did a bunch of dirty work he's not the fastest guy in terms of footwork and getting boards and i don't think he ever will be but he was working hard so that's good it it is kind of odd that there's now kind of like an isaiah hicks versus daniel oturu battle going it doesn't feel good in terms of the entire oturu picture yeah honestly uh <laughs> it's it's pretty interesting because you look at the net impact of both these players and you have oturu who was minus 15 and then hicks uh who played i mean a third of the minutes essentially was a plus 12 so you know not the greatest sample size um i I think that what i liked about oturu is um the hustle was definitely there it seems like he's like leaned down a little bit and he's like getting he's getting more of like an nba body which this feels weird to talk about but it's like it's (laughs) no i mean like but if you're gonna play the five at the next level like we just have to be real like the physicality is a huge part of it uh, sure, either yeah. like you're, you're going to be able to, to hang or you're not. Um, so I think that that was the right move. And like you, like you mentioned the eight offensive boards, I mean, that's m- absolutely massive. Yeah, that's good. Um, so that was great. Uh, but yeah, Isaiah Hicks, I'm excited to see a little bit more. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I, let's talk about the other guy. Like, can we talk about like kind of the surprise disappointment of the night? Absolutely. And then we kind of got to wrap the segment up because as exciting as this is, we got to get some Twitter Tuesday questions. Who was the surprise bust of the night? Amir Coffee. Oof, what was going on with Amir? Oh, man. He really struggled from three despite, you know, he's been hucking them up in the G League. He just went one of six from deep, uh, which was his lone field goal made on the night. 
Uh, he did grab eight boards. You know, the hustle is still there. He's improved the playmaking a little bit. He had three assists. Ooh, but six turnovers. Rough night from your coffee. Yeah. Uh, there was um, yeah, there there was just some miscommunications there, which is like overall what we didn't like. I mean, the, the turnovers cost them this game. Uh, but there was one like late, there was like a minute like left in, yeah. in the fourth quarter. Um, and he like maybe hustled too hard on an out of bounds and ended up not coming up with the ball and it went the other way. Um, rough night for, for Amir, um, for sure. the summer league veteran, uh, hopefully it's just jitters and he can kind of get that worked out in the next game. Cause I'd love to see a strong performance from him. Yeah. And then just what we want to see versus Portland, less turnovers killed us in this game. Yeah. A little more ball movement. It opened up in the second half, which was cool. Um, I want to see the same resiliency. Like that was, that was so cool to see. That's just a good thing to instill in young players from the jump, no matter what team they're on. Like that's just absolutely. I think that's a good mark on our coaching staff. That was, I mean, that was a Clippers ass game. (laughs) Yeah, it absolutely was. It was preseason for the fans too. And then just, you know, a little better in transition. Yeah. Yeah, the, the communication trans, transition wasn't great. And like we said, I mean, this game could have easily been put away where, where like, we're not for some turnovers late. Yeah. Is uh, what it is. Coming up on to Portland at 8 p.m. Pacific. We will do our best to try and watch the game. Uh, we'll see. Coming up, we're going to be answering Clippers fans' questions. But first, we got to give a shout out to Rock Auto. We did it up top. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Are you a dummy? And wait, while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand the warehouse happens to carry, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? It makes no sense. Rock Auto is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. That's an internet dub, which is very rare. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Okay, so we're back and we're talking Twitter Tuesday questions. Once again, want to thank everybody who sent those questions yes, in ahead of time. You. If you'd ever like a chance to get your question featured on the show, go ahead and shoot that over to at Locked On Clips. We'd love yeah. to chop it up with you. Uh, so it seems like people want to talk about trade questions. What do what do, what do the people want to know? So here is why the trade questions come up. There were new contract deals, details out uh, for BBJR and Justice Winslow. Again, Brandon Boston Jr. is going to be known as BBJR on this um, podcast. The Clippers didn't give Justice Winslow the full tax player MLE. They gave him two years at $8 million, uh, which I love that contract. Four million bucks a year for Justice Winslow. Why not? I said that I wish it was a little less than the MLE. That is a little less than the MLE. The Clippers then gave Boston basically the rest of that money on a two-year guaranteed deal. So the belief in Boston is very real from the Clippers front office. Like, uh, I think it was Keith Smith tweeted out, that this was the most money given to a player drafted as late as 51st who ha- who wasn't a European drafted stash. Like this is the most money ever given to like a college kid draft from the second round in the yeah. history of the NBA um, at 51. Um, so this creates a roster crunch because there's like 17 or 18 guys on the roster right now. Yes. Like it's a big ass roster. Um so there's kind of this idea that maybe they're going to do some reshuffling or stuff like that. Like we have a hell of a lot of guards, all this other thing. 
Um, Richard Yvette, who works at Staples Center, shout out Richard. Hope you and the fam are doing well. He says, John Wall, Ben Simmons, Lillard or Beal, which trade is more realistic? Oh, man. Uh, I got to be honest. I don't know that any of these are, are realistic targets for the Clippers. But if I think I Wall was, is the most realistic. If I was, Yeah, if I was to choose, I would say Wall. I, I mean, like in order, I'm going to – I yeah, I'd probably say Wall, Simmons, Beal, Lillard, I guess. So I think Beal's um, at the bottom for me because he just got – like Spencer Dinwiddie's there. Like, you know what I mean? Like I don't know – I don't, I don't know what the Wizards are doing. I don't think anyone other than maybe the GM of the Wizards knows what they're really doing. But, like, if you sign Spencer Dinwiddie to that deal and then you, like, trade Bradley Beal for, like, Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard and Pat Bet, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really know what the what does that Wizards team look like, right? Like, in terms of intent. It looks like, like hitting the reset, baby. Yeah, like, in a really weird way. Um, there's been footage of Ben Simmons and Rajon Rondo working out, but that doesn't really mean much. Could mean maybe they're both not on the Clippers. Um, Is he teaching them how not to shoot? Well, Ben Simmons still shooting with his right hand or his left. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it seems like it does seem like maybe something's on the horizon. I don't know if it's a big splash trade. I don't know if it's a trade so, where it's like, oh shit. I mean, like honestly, like of all of these, I mean, like the John Wall is definitely the most realistic. I don't like the move, but <laughs> he shot thirty eight percent on catch and shoot threes last season. Great. <laughs> that's yeah great um i'm sometimes just like, very pro john wall i guess <laughs> but like if you got 17 roster guys and you need to move guys out i mean that's the kind of salary that you know yeah, you can take right? on that you can take on if you're gonna move out a bunch of stuff um i i don't know man i i personally have my reservations about trying to bring in another max guy um yeah it's it's, it's just insane like, kind of like the the I mean it ultimately doesn't matter because it's Stephen Ballmer's money so it's play money it's not even real money uh but I, I just feel like I mean you still regardless of what you're willing to pay in luxury tax you're still just a little bit hamstrung in what you can do in terms of trades for sure especially depending how long we have those guys for like we just re-signed Paul George we're just gonna we're gonna sign Kawhi to a huge deal at least one time in the next whatever 30 days and then again probably at the end of next season um yeah so i think that's a super good point um it's gonna be interesting to see uh Stu quinn shout outs to ask other than yogi unfortunately and oturu is there anyone else you see being cut or would be about to get blindsided with a massive trade that throws all this roster discussion out of the window Get Rondo out of here. <laughs> so, this question. I, I mean, like, no matter what, I think we're in the unfortunate position where if we want to unload Rondo, you have to attach an asset. So, I mean, that's at least yeah, a two that's our fault. one back situation. Um, and maybe you can attach young or you talent. buy him out. What if we just buy Rondo out? You said it, you know, like you said it was Stephen Ballmer's money. It's like, who cares, dude? Here's your, I mean, totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, you know, that's a possibility, but it does still count, it does still count towards your cap. So that's a good um, like, right. like once again, it still hamstrings you in what you can do in terms of trades. Like if you, I mean, like it really means that you cannot take a cent back over back, like yeah, what you're trading yeah. out, you know? So um, what a bad there, trade that was. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot of stuff about it that, that does get a little bit difficult. Um, but I, in, in far, as far as being cut, yes. If you are to cut somebody, it'd be a two-way guy or, or, or one of those guys um, that, that won't, that is not going to affect your cap. And granted, like, 
just take all of this with a grain of salt. I'm not a cap master. Um, I'm, I'm telling you with the limited knowledge that cap I have. Uh, I hope there's works. someone, I hope there's someone with the personalized license plate cap master who just knows a shit ton about I'm the cap man, the NBA salary cap. Um, yeah, the Yogi thing is kind of unfortunate. Um, and if Oturu has a good summer league, I'd be like, I guess whatever. Keep. I don't know. They just need to cut. He's not ready to play at the NBA level. No. I like Oturu. I want only good things for him. I do not see a future for him on this team. Basically, the Stu Quinn question, I would cut down to between Yogi Oturu and Rondo, cut or buy out two of these three and just sign a third center, which we've talked about on this podcast before. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a major bugaboo. Ethan Smith. Uh, verified Ethan Smith asks, what role will Justice Winslow have with Kawhi being sidelined for most of the season? Yeah, I mean, yeah, backup wing. Like, look, I, I think that wing depth um, was an issue. I thought it showed, but you know, before we lost every center, essentially, I, I thought that it even showed last year, um, and especially when Kawhi was down, right. uh, just, you know, what you can play with on that second unit. Uh, and it's weird because I think of this as such a wing heavy team, but like there, there it's is not. a there's a clear need for that um, yeah. on the second unit, and and maybe that'll change. Um, my biggest thing is I like so clearly there's time in this rotation for Justice Winslow. It depends my, what his shooting looks like. I think that yeah, but my only hope, like honestly, yeah. I I hope that the Winslow thing works out and it's great. My only hope is that this doesn't cut into developmental time for Terrence Mann. That's oh, I don't think it will. I think as, Terrence as, is going to be starting. As as long as as long as it doesn't affect the development of Terrence Mann, then let's give Winslow as many minutes as he can shoulder. Like let's. That's a good some- call. Like where's the balance between? We know this team is a contender, which I absolutely believe that it's a contender, and. Maybe there comes a point where it's like, do we need man more? That's an that's an interesting. We need to put that down on the themes for next season. In the snake biting its own tail. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> the book we have of that. Um, <laughs> it's a flip book. Um, Tony Amaro but, asks. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I mean, but I. I mean, I think overall the Winslow thing is great, especially like defensively he can take some of the burden we know off of, that yeah yeah he can take some of the burden off of batum throughout a regular season he can take some of the burden off of morris throughout the regular season for sure like, these are guys that you know can play at a high level but like ideally some of your you know your top performers you don't have to have them do that for 72 games or 82 games or whatever um you can kind of ramp them up and i think that justice winslow is the perfect player to sort of you know get those guys some quote-unquote in-game rest yeah that's a good call um, Tony Amaro asks, is Zubats uh, too old to play in summer league and fine tune his skills? Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, Zoo would. Zoo He's was been a, starting center for two years in the league. Like, well, here's the thing. With I Zoo love the question too, though. Tony. Is that it's a very fair question. I think that there's a lot of stuff that Zoo may has to get better at, like that I want to see him improve at next season. You know, when it comes to touch, when it comes to finishing, um, when it comes to kind of consistent play, I know he, he is very consistent when it's inconsistent. It feels like it's so just like rushed and like too much, no, I, but yeah. he would destroy in summer league. So this is where the level, like he's good enough that where he would murk everybody in summer league to the point that it would be useless and just a risk of him getting injured, but not, and like not bad enough to learn anything from summer league. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's still learning how to play basketball at an NBA level. So I like Tony, thank you for the question. What I do like, I you're right. Like, I mean, he's too good to be playing in summer league. It'd be a but, joke. Like, 
but I do think something that I would like about the idea of him playing summer league or hell, just even more pickup games is his ability to adapt on the fly. Give me pickup games over summer league. I, I think that the biggest drawback with zoo right now is I think that it's pretty clear, um, especially in the playoffs when we have to switch game plans on the fly yeah. that he struggles. To, yeah. Like if there's a set plan, it's like, he, boom, Zoo's he got struggles this. to and find it's working, his role. It's great. But you're right. As soon as it switches, it's like, Oh, I got to remember to do this thing. Like it, it feels like that for sure. Like Zoom, he's like so good. Like he does oh, yeah. so many little things well, which are things that people in summer league don't do. So yeah. like it'd be a nightmare for everyone in summer league. But yeah, I mean, he definitely needs to work on the finishing. He, you know, that's something that has been a, you know, a big issue of mine with Zoo for multiple years now. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that like he does need to get some experience outside of just like team activities, knee willing. Um, right. We he, don't even know the status of that. Because, I, I mean, like, he is someone who does struggle to adapt to situations. And this is a team uh, where certainly due to health and, you know, the aspirations of this team that, like, things are going to change and they're going to change on the fly. Uh, yeah. And you have to be ready for that. 100%. Um, final question from Chenny John. We hope he's doing well. Chenny John! Shout out, Chenny. With man likely a starter, what song should DJ Dents play when man makes a top play? He has What a Man by Salt and Pepper. I Got a Love Man it. by Positive K, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. And uh, this is a man's world by James Brown. So, I mean, obviously what a man and I got a man hundred percent. So I got, this is a man's world just a little deep for a professional. I'm tossing, I'm tossing in a a curveball. What? Man, I feel like a woman. That would be, people would just be confused. They'd be like, wait, is he a big Shania fan? Um, I like this is a man's world if you only play the clip of James Brown saying this is a man's world, like after a block, like just that yeah. clip. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. No, these are all uh fabulous ideas. Uh the only the only reason I like man, I feel like a woman is for the bang, 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 right. Everyone bang. knows everyone knows that, that that's a stadium song. <laughs> it absolutely right? Balmer would lose his stadium mind. Shania. They right? probably actually, I bet like Balmer's people, like we actually can't play that song because Steve will go too crazy. Like we can't play. <laughs> um, Just rips the gingham shirt off. <laughs> yeah. Another gingham shirt. Turn, it turns shirt. out his khakis are breakaways. Yeah. Well, he does do a bunch of weird stuff on the sidelines when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, that all wraps up for Twitter Tuesday. Dude, he's, he does too much. Um, that wraps it up for Twitter Tuesday. Thank you to everyone for sending your questions in. You can send those into at Locked on Clips any time of the week. But if you send them in on Monday, we'll answer them on the Tuesday episode. It's a good time. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking, kind of getting back to some a couple years ago Clippers content type stuff. And then we get mad about Pro-Ams. Uh, but first, Will, if I wanted to bet online, what website would I go to? Oh, wow. If you want to bet online, it's as simple as heading over to betonline.ag. The door. Betonline. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contract information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus that's on top of your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on. All right, welcome to Shavings. Hope hey, everyone's it's Shavings. Good. Hope everyone had a good Monday. Um 
They've been weird lately. You know what I mean? Um, Chuck famously loves Mondays. They're not a bad. It's it's not my least favorite day of the week. If I'm being honest, that's it's probably Sunday. Um, anyway, an old Spurs commercial popped up that Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he's like playing in a Duran Duran cover band. There used to be a lot of great content from the Spurs. Weirdly, have a really great like local commercial game, um, Love which it. is really funny. And he's uh, Kawhi's in this playing in a Duran Duran cover band. And this got me thinking. That those Bobby and Toby skits that the content team used to make were so fun when like they were going to Soul Cycle and like doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Together. Um, I know it's a long shot, but it would be sweet if these came back in some form featuring Kawhi at some point. I don't think he's obviously the, the main of this because why would he do that? Um, but I'm hoping for more skits from the content team this upcoming. I know they're hard to do. I know having athletes do comedic timing is not the easiest thing. Um, but that was a good time. Man, you know what was a good time? Hmm. Just seeing Kawhi smiling out there at Summer League. Oh, this is what we got to talk about. Dude was in a good mood. So, so many Clippers were there. Kawhi, Reggie, Kennard, uh, PG. Man Ty, was there. Tyloo was there, Terrence Mann. Yeah, like. Man was there talking to all the guys, like, right after the game was over. I, loved I mean, scene. I loved it. It's so fantastic to see. Putting on my uh, tinfoil snapback. Okay. Because I am a, I was in college during the snapback phase, which means I had 35 snapback hats that I now no longer ever wear. Um, Kawhi was at the game, no knee brace. And apparently, from someone who was there reporting about it, said that I can't remember who it was. I apologize for not giving you credit for this tweet. Um, they said that he was moving well. He was dribbling around a little bit. All, you know, all that good stuff you do at Summer League if you're one of the best players in the world and don't really have to do anything. So um, actually, you, you don't is he need to be ready for opening night. You don't need a knee brace if you drink enough milk. Uh, it's oh. actually after a surgery, if you drink 40 ounces of milk every single hour. 40 you, ounces of milk? <laughs> it's impossible for your knee to get any more hurt. You don't need a brace. You don't need a stint. You don't need a crutch. Uh, just a 40 ounce of milk every All hour. All right, but realistically, 40 ounces, can't you not even drink a milk, a gallon of milk in an hour? Um, <laughs> 40 ounces is less than a gallon. All right, you know what? You got me there. Um, what does this make you optimistic at all about his return time frame, or are we just it means nothing? It means are we nothing. just too excited to see Clippers basketball? It, it means nothing. Uh, I I still think he's going to be cautious. And look, we know that the timeline for this is is likely in the six to nine months range. Right. I, it although it it wasn't you know it it was only a partial tear, which I guess is good. But the it seems as though, <laughs> I guess is good. Yeah. Right. Well, like, no, I mean still I guess bad, but I it, guess it's better. I guess it's better, but the thing is, is like the way they chose to repair it was they did it as if, you know, as if it were a full tear. Right. Um, which, you know, I think is a prudent move to do, but I think that that also elongates the timeline to being similar to what it would have been if it were a full tear. So, yeah, I, I mean, if I'm being honest, it's great to see him. I love that he's there. Yeah. I, it was really fun to see him laughing and having a good time because, oh, man, seeing a smiling Kawhi is like, I don't know, it's, it's, like, seeing, it's like seeing a whale. It's like in when you're wild or something, or like when a really old relative of yours smiles, you're like, that means something. Absolutely. It's like, uh, when you, it's like, when, yeah, it's like when you make your grandfather laugh and you're like, yeah, oh man, he got the context for the joke, was uh, not expecting that. Yeah. Uh, Nick Crane, C R A I N, is the one who tweeted that out. Go follow him for apparently Kawhi updates. Um, he said Kawhi Leonard is dribbling around and looks to be moving well. I'm hyped on it. And if he, if he dunks it before the next Clippers game, 
I will lose my mind. He's let's, not going to do that. Let's he rein in our that. expectations. He's not let's do rein that. in our expectations. He's not going to do that. Um, that's the Kerwin Roach talking. You know what I'm talking about? Um, so now this is a broad NBA thing that I just I feel like I kind of want to talk about because I think that it ruins fun, which I'm always against. I'm very pro fun. Yeah. And I think that it ruins the idea of what an NBA level basketball player is. Lay it on me. Newly ex NBA players destroying at pro ams. I'm with you. I'm already with you. Is very fun to watch, which is what yeah. I meant by why I think it ruins fun. But we've seen this happen with Jamal Crawford. Now Isaiah Thomas is getting it. He scored 81 in a pro am game, which I'm pretty sure was the crossover in Seattle, which is Jamal's event. Also, Jamal Crawford's the godfather of Seattle basketball. He needs to be shout out Jamal Crawford. But now, like now, people are like, oh wow, he dropped eighty-one on this pro am. Like, you're telling me an NBA team can use Isaiah Thomas? And it's like, a this ruins fun because this is just a fun time. It's a pro am. It's just okay. a fun time. Have you ever seen a run at any LA Fitness where a player who played some college ball just proceeds to shit? <laughs> Decide on, to win? Just proceeds to shit on five other regular yeah. people. And like, like that's, that, why that's in the same realm for me. Yeah. And like, I think it's in a weirder realm because like, this is just in a vacuum. This is fun watching an ex NBA player score 81 in Seattle, where he's from, with the University of Washington. Um, is just fun. But then there's this weird thing to it of like, oh, well, he should be playing in the NBA. So I think that adds this like less fun, a little more intense like stakes to this pro-am that should just be a yeah. fun thing. No, I, I'm with you. Like it's a, you know, not all rectangles or squares situation where like yeah. it can just be its own thing. We're like it. Yes, he's good at basketball. Of course, he plays he's an elite NBA. basketball player. Yeah. Uh, and still like it also skews how people see the level of skill in the NBA, I think, because Definitely. a pro-am is yes. Professional is in the name, but the second word is amateur. <laughs> so like you're skewing the level of skill in the NBA is just, I just think it like, if you're, if people are maybe newer to watching basketball, like it's definitely like a, a Twitter thing that's doing it too. I'm not pretending it's like a broad thing like that. Well, like, I think you brought up a good thing that like the proliferation of highlights is something that kind of like, it degrades the meaningfulness because I feel like people are then trying to comp that to the NBA. And it's like, right. And, and they're two separate. And this is no things. disrespect to the professionals in this pro am. You're no, no, absolutely player. not. And it, and it doesn't make the 81 points any less impressive, but it's like or fun. Yeah. Or fun. It's just like, we don't have to put this other layer of thing on it. Like it just, it can be what it is and that's fun and cool and awesome. Uh, yeah but it's not the NBA and, and that's, like, and that's fine too. Like, yeah. Pro-ams are made for guys who just got out of the league to come and put up 81. Kevin Durant put up 66 at Rucker Park during the lockout. Cause he wanted to play in every pro-am and it was awesome. Cause he was like, yeah, I'm obviously going to put up 66. Like this is obviously going to happen. And it was just like a cool thing. But now I think because like with this retired player thing and like Melo got a shot, which he deserved and he ended up playing well and like, you know, proving a lot of people wrong, partially myself included. I think that's added to this thing of like, well, how come Jamal, like Jamal Crawford's name was floating around so much last season. Guards are just, Twitter of like, why don't we just, someone should sign Jamal Crawford. And now it's like, I talked to a scout. Uh, I just, who, yeah. I talked to a scout who worked with Jamal Crawford. Uh, and he was like, the shot just isn't there anymore. Like you just can't take, I mean, like it isn't consistently there enough. So like, yeah. At an NBA level. 
Yeah. And like yeah. that doesn't mean that he's not a hooper because clearly he is. Wait, are we talking hoopers or basketball players? I will stop it's, this podcast right now. We're talking no. hoopers. <laughs> no, clearly, we're not. We're clearly talking, a hooper. Everyone's he's, a basketball player. They were he's, <laughs> he's clearly a hooper, just not an NBA basketball player. Um, and that's cool. That's fine. Right. We're not going to talk about hoopers versus basketball players. <laughs> but getting out of the soapbox, I want to see Isaiah Thomas drop 115 in the program. I yeah. want to see that happen. Um, so what do you think? Happen. I mean, like, do people out there, do you th- really think that th- this is comparable? I mean, indicative I, of him sh- should play on an NBA team. It's just different, man. It's just, it's just different. different. Still fun. Still oh, fun. Yeah. It's awesome. Don't water down the fun by making it seem like it's a thing that it's not. Um, it's just not an if X, then Y situation. Yeah. Also, shout out to the entire Seattle basketball scene. You guys deserve a pro team, and you'll probably get one soon. Um, that wraps up today's episode. We went a little long because we were so hyped up on the Clippers being back, playing summer league basketball. Hope that's okay. Um, Wednesday's episode, some potential trade talking. Going to do our best to recap kind of what happens in Clippers versus Blazers. That's a late game start, so I have to work late, so we're going to see what happens with that. Um, we're going to do a bench what you say Wednesday poll. We talked about kind of what the starters are going to look like, how they can improve. We want to see what y'all think the bench can do. Then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, we got to give a shout out uh, to our United States Postal Service workers. We do this every now and then. They just do a bunch of good work and need our support, frankly. Um, things are weird over there right now, not because of the people who are delivering you your mail, because of the people who will hire up. Uh, well, where can these people leave a note for their uh, United States Postal worker if they have that kind of, you know, if it's appropriate for the relationship for a nice podcast to listen to when they're walking around? Uh, your postal workers can check us out. Also, thanks for your work, but you can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked On Clippers. It works flawlessly. Hey, if you like what we're doing over here, or even if you hate what we're doing over here, go ahead, leave a rating or review over at iTunes. We're sorry that it's the only platform that you can rate and review on, but it does really help us out. And as always, we appreciate your listen. We absolutely do. I have been positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.